Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is supported in part by Australian Ethical. I'm recording my end of irrational fear on the lands of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. The following program contains medium coarse language and traces of nuts. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Comedians, experts, laughing at the world as it burns down around us. Live from the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, this is A Rational Fear. After losing the Aston by-election, Dutton blames Labor for running a negative campaign. Critics say, that's pot calling kettle black. I say, that's spud calling potato tuber. (laughs) And Dan Andrews takes a secret trip to China. He was curious to visit the only other place that had more lockdowns than Melbourne. And the Tetris movie has been released. Reviews say, it's got a lot of good lines. It's the 2nd of April, 2023. Live from the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, this is Irrational Fear. This is Irrational Fear. Yes, welcome to Irrational Fear. I'm your host, former member for Aston, Dan Illich. Welcome to the show at the Live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. This, of course, is the podcast that laughs in the face of fear. And tonight's episode has fewer Nazis than the Liberal Party, um, which is a joke I thought I wouldn't have to write in 2023, but here we are. Uh, welcome to Irrational Fear has too many guests. Uh, or that's what it was called. But uh, Alice Fraser, we realised, actually has a show on it at the same time. Uh, so now it's uh, Irrational Fear has an appropriate amount of guests. Um, a rational number of guests. A rational number of guests. So let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. Out of all the comedians on the panel, he's the only one that's had death threats from the Taliban. And quite frankly, I'm jealous. It's Sammy Shah. Yeah. 
Sammy, now that the Taliban are back in power, do you think they're going to be a bit more chill about you? I was very offended that they didn't remember me at all. <laughs> like, I worked so hard to stay on their hit list and, and fucking no one cares. No one cares. And she's back at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival with her sophomore show, Odd Sock, which plays at 7pm at the Butterfly Club next door. So if you laugh too much tonight, they might have to bolt, as in do the Gabby bolt. Gabby bolt, everyone! <laughs> Gabby, um, are you worried that your name's going to become a verb, you know, doing the Gabby bolt? I mean, I would prefer that than being known for being, I don't know, a Sky News reporter. Um, so, you know, if we can secede Andrew, that'd be awesome. I don't care if it's a verb. It could be whatever you want. I should point out as well, Sammy told me backstage his show starts at 6.50, so uh, he's going to have to do the Gabby Bolt as well at some point. So don't try not to take it personally, Lewis, when you're doing your set. I'm going <laughs> to fucking kill you, Sammy. Fair, fair. It's me fair. and the Taliban, together at last. <laughs> And our next guest is back for her second ever stand-up comedy appearance since she did her first one last year on this stage. She's had more TV comedy appearances than the host of Australia's Best Comedy Podcast. It's Grace Tame! Grace, do you have any tips for Lewis and I on how to get more TV spots? Well, it helps if you make people laugh. (laughs) And he's the sweary king of internet content. Uh, but tonight we've given him an unlimited number of fucks to give. It's the beautiful brain of Nat's What I Reckon. <laughs> Nat, has, um, has swearing ever held you back in life? Fucking yes. <laughs> <laughs> and holding this show together with wacky clips and a shake of the hips, it's DJ Andy McClellan. <laughs> Gracias. Andy, what, why do you look so hungover today? Uh, I'm doing far too many shows and I've quit drinking, it's hell. (laughs) And coming up later, we've got an exclusive interview with the owners of the house that Tim Smith crashed into, it's it's true. We'll we'll ask them, um, how is that not the worst thing Tim Smith has ever done? Now, normally I do like a long rant or something about climate change, but we don't have time. Uh, Plus, the safeguard mechanism got passed, so um, climate change has been solved. So that's great. We we no longer have to talk about climate change. It's all over. Uh, It's great we did it. Well done, everyone. Um, (laughs) Should we just um, wrap up the podcast and get out of here early? Yeah, we get out of here. Um, But there is one thing I do want to say. Two weeks ago, led by a British antagonist, Posey Parker, and a handful of anti-trans activists and what could only be described as a skid mark of skinheads. Um, They were in the street trying to bully and intimidate people against ostensibly being themselves. But on Friday, Melbourne, celebrate Trans Visibility Day, 3,000 of you marched in the rain. So good. Oh, my God. And it really made all 12 of Melbourne's Nazis furious. Um, In fact, I think three of them quit, so now they're down to nine. Um, There is... One image that caught my eye, and I wanted to share with you one poster I saw, which I absolutely loved, and we'll get on with the rest of the show. It is this. ring a ring a Rosie, get fuck posy. <laughs> so whoever made that sign, well done to you. Now, let's crack on with the show with some overseas news from Sammy Shah. Uh, so, yeah, I just want to cover some of the big news stories happening this week. So, the top story internationally right now, uh, let's start with the most American news story ever. Donald Trump has become the first former U.S. president to face criminal prosecution. The charges relate to falsifying business records to hide a payment to a porn star, Stormy Daniels, before the 2016 election. That should come with the Star Spangled Banner playing in the background. 
Kid Rock should be announcing that story from the top of the Statue of Liberty while an oil-rich nation is being invaded on false grounds. It is so American just saying the phrase Donald Trump is facing criminal charges for paying hush money to a porn star should qualify you for a green card automatically. That is amazing stuff. Uh, Republicans have, of course, rushed to defend Donald Trump even before they've seen the charges he's being indicted on. I've said from day one, this is a political stunt. I have zero trust that this will play out fairly. But no one has seen the evidence prosecutors have uncovered. Mr. President! Though that didn't stop one congressman to claim the prosecutor could have indicted the ham sandwiches he was handing out on Capitol Hill. So I know how to spot a pile of garbage, and this thing looks like a pile of garbage. Even without seeing the evidence, you're certain he's innocent. I'm not certain of anything except this. This is the first time in the history of the country we've indicted a president. So... He was literally handing out ham sandwiches with indict this written on this, written on them, which is both condemning the prosecution of Donald Trump and his understanding of metaphors. <laughs> now, a rational fear is, of course, as you know, a truly journalistic venture. Uh, and Dan is known for being unbiased in his reportage. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said for most American news media. So here are all the left-wing news channels failing to hide their erections. <laughs> Here's the aroused MSNBC. What a time to be alive, my friend. Really, what a time to be alive. Here's the tumescent CNN. All going to be glued, leaning forward to our television sets uh, on Tuesday if all of this uh, unravels as it looks like it is. Here are the perky nipples of CBS. But I thought maybe wow. it would never come. I used wow. to think, oh, what does it matter if it came? I didn't know it would feel this good. And finally, here's The View on ABC in America, which is like the project here in Australia, but somehow even more unwatchable. I called it. Did you? We feel good! <laughs> so it really is a celebration of the law. It's a celebration of the, of the law of the and law. how it applies to all of us. Donald Trump finally won a popular vote yesterday. <laughs> the judge that, that uh, presided over that case where the Trump family was found guilty yeah. is the same judge presiding over Donald Trump's 30 counts. Oh. Watching that show made me want to suddenly root for Trump. It was very strange. Meanwhile, Fox News and the GOP have swung into Trump's defense, doing for him what they have the always done, done best. Fundraising. They're trying to destroy Donald Trump because they fear him at the ballot box. To the conservatives out there, make sure you vote. If you got friends, make sure they vote. If you don't have any friends, go make some friends. But you need to help this Even man, he knows Donald J. They've Trump. Got no friends. <laughs> They're trying to drain him dry. He spent more money on lawyers than most people spend on campaigns. They're trying to bleed him dry. DonaldJTrump.com. Go tonight. Give the president some money to fight this Look, on, on a serious note, though, I am skeptical that this will actually lead to Trump's prosecution. But it will mean a lot of ratings for a lot of news channels and a lot of money in a lot of pockets, which is a grotesque abuse of the justice system. And if you agree with me, go to patreon.com slash Sammy Shah and donate money <laughs> so I can keep covering this story. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
We have one more story. This one is about AI. So, uh, artificial intelligence technology has already become quite commonly used in everything from spell checking to uh, image editing to transcription services and students too lazy to write their own fucking essays. ChatGPT, for example, debuted at the end of last year. It has already become the number one AI tool used by journalists to provide a shocking twist to all their coverage. What you just heard me reading wasn't written by me. It was written by artificial intelligence. Chat GPT. Chat GPT wrote everything I just said. That was news copy. I asked Chat GPT to write. Remember what I said earlier? But Chat GPT as Well, I asked Chat GPT to write that line for me. Basically, every journalist became like an M. Night Shyamalan movie for some reason there. That's... I see dead people. <laughs> Well, it seems like tech industry leaders are once again sounding the warning bell about AI and the threat that it poses. Musk and hundreds of influential names, including Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak, are calling for a pause in experiments, saying AI poses a dramatic risk to society unless there's proper oversight. Those tech billionaires who've long argued for a lack of oversight on offshore tax havens are probably worried about AI learning to become billionaires itself. Here is the human billionaire, apparently, Elon Musk. I think we need to regulate AI safety, frankly, because um, it is, I think, actually a bigger risk to society than uh, cars or planes or, or medicine. But did he just say medicine is a risk to society? <laughs> and cars are only a risk when they're Teslas that kill people and then explode. How is that? In their new letter, tech industry leaders pose these existential questions. Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete, and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? Why do all the tech billionaires' concerns about AI sound like Pauline Hanson's concerns about immigrants coming to Australia? <laughs> it's really weird overlap. Uh, so far, it sounds like AI could do exactly the same thing as uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Critics argue without oversight, AI could spread propaganda and lies and eventually lead to anarchy. <laughs> Maybe, inadvertently, they've trained us to deal with AI by softening us up with all of their stuff. And, and maybe this whole argument I'm putting forward in defense of AI was actually written by AI. Just kidding, it wasn't. I, I wrote it. Or did I? No, I, 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 I wrote it. Or did I? Sammy Shah! This is a rational fear. What is rational fear? It's based in fear. Taking the saddest headlines and giving them a little tickle. Gabby, you are considering changing careers, is this correct? Yeah, yeah. Comedy. Uh, what, we, what is it? Is it we can't what? fill people in the front three rows, is that why? No, it's just, you, you know, you do one show and then you come back to do the second one and you're like, oh, it's just all the same, isn't it? Like... <laughs> I just keep writing jokes and hoping you'll laugh and then going home and crying, you know, that's... But you don't, thought... you don't do it for that, Gabby. We do it for the money. Oh, you get money? <laughs> I've never got that. Um, yeah, so I have. I've been, I've been sort of considering changing career paths. Um, and it might, it might be crazy because it's kind of a hard process for me. It might shock you to know this, but I don't have a degree. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, 
And so I've been Googling, you know, but I don't just want any job, you know. I don't want to just fall into, like, hospital again or retail again or teaching children again. God yeah, yeah, you want a job uh, where you're respected. You know, growth, yeah. yeah, you know, has longevity, provides a bit of fulfilment, something I could do for the rest of my life. So I started Googling exactly that, you know. No degree, jobs with fulfilment, something I could do for the rest of my life. And something really weird kept coming up. <laughs> the police. <laughs> And I was like, surely not, you know, surely you have to. Like, you have to have a criminology degree to join the police. Nah, it's recommended, <laughs> but not required. <laughs> and so then I kept Googling, didn't I? I kept, okay, okay wh- what is the bare minimum of time somebody has to train before they're given a gun and told to protect the people? Six months. <laughs> and so I thought about that a little bit more. And I thought, what if you applied that level of training to literally any other job? If you're a cop, you might want to pop out for about two and a half minutes. (laughs) A kindergarten teacher would only have up to F When they looked at their curriculum to teach the alphabet A surgeon would not yet have even touched a surgery But six months, yep, that's all it takes to join the Oz police A lawyer would be juggling four subjects on their feet When on average there are 38 subjects to complete They cannot yet defend, object or bargain for a plea But meanwhile you can make arrests when you're the Oz police Seems fair time mum is still too busy cooking up a kid a first-time architect is still drawing up a blueprint a first-time taxidermist is still fucking creepy but so is the fact that in six months you can join the oz police a retail worker would still have a skerrick of their soul the west coast eagle still would not have scored a single goal michelle has not been introduced as child of destiny but you can lock up kids when you work for oz police the age for criminal responsibility in this country is 10. When I was 10, I couldn't even spell criminal. A politician would have only fucked up 40 times and for every fuck up made, they would have told about 40 lies. A Telstra support worker still has not got back to me, but I would not have that problem if I worked for Oz Police. Hands up, Telstra, it's a raid! la 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 firearms. Military complex. All the people I know that went into this career were annoying at best. (laughs) And horrifying at worst. A learner driver would still be making their mum go. An office worker still has not worked up two weeks in lieu. A musical comedian just has this melody. But six months, yep, all it takes to own a gun, make arrests and join the Osbelis. Gabby Bye! Melbourne, please give it up for That's What I Reckon. Oh, yeah. Thanks. It's my favourite song. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so we've got this theory, right, that uh, we've all experienced the, uh, the wild world of COVID in the last couple of years. That was heaps of fun. I washed my mouth in Victoria. You guys fucking got locked the fuck up. 
Yeah, we had three months of it. I've noticed that during stand-up. It's like, oh, we were in lockdown and people are looking at me like, fucking no, you weren't. <laughs> I'm trying to compartmentalise that. I'm like, it reminds me of something. COVID reminds me of something. What is it? It reminds me of something else fucking annoying, and that's you too. When you laugh, they've got a lot in common. I do. They're both pretty sus. They're both fucking annoying. There was an outbreak of uh, U2 on people's iTunes. A few years ago. I'm not sure you're aware of that, whether you got vaccinated against that one. It took them a week to release a vaccine for the, uh, for the U2 album, Songs of Innocence. It wasn't fucking anything innocent about it. It was a fucking attack. It's a fucking attack. Bono said it was a gift. It's Bono, isn't it? I keep fucking that up, whatever. <laughs> Bono. Yeah, Bono said it was a gift. The Edge said it was subversive and punk rock to fucking partner with Apple. <laughs> I'm sure you know what fucking punk rock is. I don't think it's particularly... Yeah, look, I'm just a bit sus on it, and all I'm trying to say is that maybe, you know, sing twice before... Fucking listening to you too. <laughs> Get vaccinated. <laughs> That's what I reckon. I've never felt more personally attacked by a friend <laughs> ever oh, before. You're a big fan of you too. I'm Pakistani 44 year old man. Of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's you two and Dave Matthews band. Those are my two big ones. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Do you remember that, Lewis? I do remember it, yeah. Um, I was never, I was sort of, I missed U2. I just came in underneath the banner of U2, slightly, not much younger than uh, Sammy, but a touch. So I never, I, I was, and also I knew how to use iPods, so I knew how to delete it. Um, <laughs> so. I don't really get all the hate for that album release, to be quite honest with you. Not that I don't think the album was trash, it obviously was, but I think that they're not hated enough for what is arguably the worst atrocity, their short-lived but paralyzing one-person Broadway musical Spider-Man, Turn yeah. Off the Dark. Oh, that's we, fair. We all forget that one, don't we? Ran on Broadway for far too long, even though it closed after two months. It you probably, did that? Andy? Uh, you two, of course, named after an American spy plane which crashed and burned in the <laughs> Soviet Union. <laughs> Much like that album's release. Right. <laughs> true. I think Spider-Man the musical killed more people than COVID, didn't it? Well, uh, yeah, not by March, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a high wire accident every yeah. night. Yeah. I, don't, I don't believe this Spider-Man musical existed. It, it's, it did. Oh, wow. Prove it. Prove We've it. got a truther. Its first preview went for four and a half hours. Because the wires kept... This is totally true. You can go look it up. It's amazing. It is, yeah. um, the, the wires, the people who were doing the Spider-Manning... If you will, that's um, the verb. Kept getting, yeah, kept getting stuck. I'm really good with verbs tonight. Uh, yeah, they kept getting stuck in the air, and then they had to keep pausing the show. That's my niche U2 knowledge right there. I heard it. I heard it didn't go well because they had problems with their website. Oh, <laughs> no, I deserve oh, that. You're right. No, absolutely correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like Q and A on crack. This is a rational fear. Hello there, it's Dan Illich here, a little hungover uh, after spending four nights at the festival bar in a row. I'm very, very tired, but I'm just here to let you know that Australian Ethical has been sponsoring us for the last few weeks and we are so appreciative of them. Australian Ethical, huge, big ethical super fund. Uh, you know, if you want to consider moving your money, you can to Australian Ethical because Australian Ethical 
they don't invest in things like fossil fuels, which we are pretty dead set against here at Irrational Fear. I don't know if you've got, if you've picked up what we've been putting down, but we are very much aligned. So big thank you to Australian Ethical. Since 1986, they've been managing people's money ethically and responsibly. And some of the most responsible things they do with this money is give it to me to make this podcast, which means you get it for free. How about that? So big thank you, Australian Ethical, for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, I'm going to have a big glass of water. Let's get back to the show. Please give it up for Vidya Rajan. Vidya. Hello, youth. Um, So this one I think you're really going to love. It's our biggest, boldest idea yet. Um... So, you know how um, there's a lot of negative energy right now around, like, landlords and tenants and renters and those terms, right? What if I told you that we could manifest a cooler tomorrow if everyone stopped thinking of themselves as landlords and tenants and instead started to think of themselves as land doms and land subs? <laughs> Hit the music. <laughs> what if you're just a land dom and a land sub in a consensual relationship? <laughs> Sexy, hot, ooh, yeah, ass play. Slip it in, daddy. <laughs> and by it, we mean your rental agreement, of course. <laughs> Don't look at the terms. That will make Master displeased. Uh-oh. Have a complaint about mould? Find it demeaning to raise the question of your basic living necessities? Now that demeaning thing is the whole point, you fucking whore. Hot, yeah, ass, pussy. Whose pussy is this? It's your landorms. Shut up, cunt. Also... Polly, that's a thing, right? That's cool. So wouldn't you just love it if your land dorm could own one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe even twenty properties and be in multiple relationships with multiple land subs? That's beautiful. Don't put a limit on it. What are you, some kind of prude? Um, don't make me tell you to stop kink shaming and just learn to insert young word. <laughs> Okay, so, um, slay or not slay? <laughs> I'll tell what, slay? Oh, cool. All right, fuck you all. Did you Roger? Ah, your fear is rational. Please give it up for the one and only Grace Tame. Oh, shake it off. I know it's a podcast, but... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I thought I'd at least uh, stand up. (laughs) Yes, Sammy, that's polite. (laughs) I'm old. (laughs) You guys wonder why you don't get booked on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Melbourne! It's great to be back. It's good to be back. I'm so excited, but not indicted. (laughs) Yes, as we heard, first time for a president, one would hope... The only time for a president, one's enough for the Oval Office, but the bare minimum if you want to be friends with Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> mm, yes, you've got to be indicted or knighted, which is uh, the only reason that him and I are not friends. <laughs> um, that and I don't have any spare organs for him to harvest. <laughs> which... I think is the real reason why he's had so many wives. Mm. Yes. He's like a 1986 Holden Commodore. Nine, no, no original parts. (laughs) Yes, 1986, great year for Rupert Murdoch. Bob Hawke's government made a couple of changes to the press landscape here. 1986 was also the year that Fox Broadcasting Company was founded. 1986 was also the year that a man named Roy Cohn died. And for those of you who don't know who Roy Cohn is, he was the controversial lawyer for the Cold War con artist, Senator Joseph McCarthy. He was also a man who represented, at one time, Rupert Murdoch and, you guessed it, Donald Trump. Yeah, there's that axis of evil for you. Mm, Yes. Roy Cohn was indicted four times before he died at age 59. That's an average of once every 15 years. The rest of us go to the dentist every 15 years. Or at least I do. (laughs) Malcolm Turnbull's got a new podcast out I saw recently. Defending Democracy. Yeah, exactly. Bit late now. (laughs) All you needed was a rear view mirror, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I don't know if you read or saw anything about the Dominion lawsuit. It's just the tip of a very big melting glacier. Hill and Knowlton PR firm in New York would cast a lot of doubt over that though. Yes, Merchants of Doubt, I highly recommend that documentary if you haven't already seen it. Uh, They kept one line in there from a interviewee who said that he reads 
the Wall Street Journal, because that is where the truth is. And I went, what? That's how they get you. With the doubt. But the real irony of the piece is that the narrative that they have been carefully, cleverly crafting for about 40, 50 years or so is to convince you all that anybody who believes in the greenhouse effect must also be a dirty socialist or a communist. (laughs) Yes, because it's Sophie's choice between the environment or the economy, between believing in material facts or being Tony Abbott. (laughs) Mm, Like I said... Dominion, tip of the iceberg. The actual documents from Dominion and Fox especially were pretty fascinating reads. It's a pretty big distraction if you ask me though, Um, as if democracy, as I said, wasn't already cooked. A clue is that both parties in their briefs uh, admit that Dominion voting systems was just collateral damage. I mean, imagine being that many sheets from my pillow guy to the wind (laughs) that the actual voting system in a federal election of a superpower is just meh. (laughs) Far out. Yeah, the first page of Fox Brief was textbook coercion. Never mind Rupert Murdoch's half a century or so of propaganda and corrupt ties and denialism. They open with a list of all the good things that Fox has on offer. That's called bribery. (laughs) We've got Fox Sports, we've got Fox Entertainment, and we've got Bob's Burgers. (laughs) 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 Now, remember that because they might take them away from you and you wouldn't want that. <laughs> yeah, well, you also had George Pell as a columnist for The Australian. <laughs> and John Howard made Peter Hollingworth the Governor-General. Yeah, boo. Statistically, in Australia, if you are an alleged pedophile, you are more likely to be platformed by Rupert Murdoch then you are to go to prison. (laughs) Yes, very sad. Very sad indeed. And we've got the man who likes to nibble on raw onions now working for a climate change denial think tank. Yeah, and that might just be my new favourite oxymoron. (laughs) Soon to be a literal tank because the glaciers will melt faster than any logical thoughts will come out of that place. (laughs) Those budgie smugglers might come in handy after all, Tony. (laughs) But what a pretty feeble crew, I reckon, you know, when it comes to front men. My lawyer says that I have to preface this next part with... um, (laughs) I think, allegedly, in my honest opinion, (laughs) that this crew of front men are like the nickelback of organised crime. (laughs) 
And I have to say that because I'm seriously concerned that Nickelback are going to try to sue me. <laughs> Thank you. Race time! Fantastic. It is the end of the world. You may as well love. So Rupert Murdoch is getting married again at the age 92. Oh, Good on so him, young. I reckon. So young. Yeah. Yes. Good on him. I believe in love. <laughs> but at that age, like, why would you even bother getting married, you know, other than the organs, obviously? Like, well, for fucking Dan. I was going to say, maybe he doesn't think he'll actually make it to the ceremony. He just wants one fucking sick Bucks night. <laughs> oh, my God. Pass out. Some people are going to get murdered on an island at his Bucks party. <laughs> Anyone, White Lotus? It's set near us. Hey, that was like, that was really good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Does he take the blue pill or the red pill? <laughs> the red one's a blood thinner. <laughs> he cuts them in half and takes them both at the same time, as per his doctor. Other, other than money, like, why would you get married to Rupert Murdoch? You don't want to live in sin any longer. <laughs> in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, masochism would do it too. <laughs> uh, well, right now we have to say goodbye to Gabby and Sammy. They've got to go to their shows. Oh, no, I don't, I, I don't have to do my show. I just don't want to see Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Please give them a round of hey, Gabby, applause. Do you want to hang out after? <laughs> and if all of you can move down a seat, two seats for you, Nat. Move down two seats, that'll be great. Um, all right, great. Because we've got to make room for two more people. But before we bring them out... I want to tell Before you. we bring them out, do you want me to... Yeah, can you play a song? Yeah. Or... Can you play Happy Birthday? No. Ah. <laughs> uh, because there's a, a young man who's come to his first comedy show. His name's Bo. It's his first, bir- it's his, it's his first time at a comedy show. Hang on, It's hang his on. 13th birthday. Oh, here You're we go. there. Hey! Where's Bo? Where's Bo? Bolt. Is Bo here? No. Oh, he's up the back. He's up the back. Happy birthday, Bo! We don't have time to sing happy birthday. We've got too many guests. Um, Could do an edited remix, perhaps. (laughs) Happy birthday. There we are. (laughs) Well done. All right, let's quickly tell a story. Now, Melbourne's got a few iconic structures um, that bring joy to people's lives every day. You've got the uh, Montague Street Bridge. Um, (laughs) You've got the Yellow Peril. Um, Then, of course, there's the wonderful... Melbourne Eye, um, which, which people can permanently get joy from now. And I'm afraid, though, Melbourne, you're about to lose one of your most magnificent structures. Yes, it's time to break the news here that the fence that Tim Smith ran into has been repaired. Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Victorian Liberal State MP Tim Smith in 2021 drove through a fence in, and into the side of a house with a blood alcohol reading of more than two times the legal limit. Um, That's also how he got stuck into Parliament as well. Um, He's been unable to reverse out of there. To tell us the story of what the hell happened, we're joined by the owners of said house that Tim crashed into. Please give it up for Simone and Mike. Simone and Mike, come on out here. Yes! So crazy right seat. Oh, Welcome. Now, as quickly as you can, tell us the story of this night. Like, what happened? Well, uh, 17 months ago, uh, 9pm on a, uh, a Saturday night, we were watching um, Love Island UK or something like that. <laughs> runs. And um, anyway... You already know they're telling the truth because no one would admit that if it was a lie. <laughs> yeah. They were already experiencing a car, experiencing a car <laughs> crash. <laughs> 
But uh, we heard a, a car um, hurtling towards the house and it slammed in. I said, shit, it's hit the house. And went outside and saw the, uh, the, the car um, and a guy spinning his wheels, trying to reverse in and out, um, jumping in and out, asking us to help him. I said, we're getting away from this anyway. Um, two hours later, he's arrested. We had no idea who it was at that stage. Wow. So did you go and try and meet this guy and try and find out who he is? Uh, no. We were approached by um, a woman alleging to be his GP um, <gasps> who came over. <laughs> just, to, she's just She was just walking the dogs <laughs> out of the house. <laughs> Said, oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. Yeah. I'm Most people are waiting five at weeks to see a GP. Smith's <laughs> 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 just got one in the back seat. <laughs> A minute away every time he crashes. Um, and, yes, so she came and spoke to us um, on his behalf. And what did, what did she say? Oh, um, she, told, she gave me his PA's number and um, said that his PA would get in touch. And when I asked uh, what the driver's name was, she said, Tim Smith. And it was so strange. I thought he, she'd made this name up, like as an <laughs> alias. Like, yes, Tim Smith. Tim Smith, yes. <laughs> so shortly after you, that happened, did he ever kind of approach you to say, you know, I'm sorry? Did he, ever, did he, did he contact you? No. Well, the next day his PA called us and uh, when I asked how the driver was, she said, oh, he's... He's just, he's just with me. Hang on, like she called up to apologise? She called to apologise on his behalf. <laughs> Whoa. I imagine he was still busy with his GP who was also <laughs> right there. Wow, so he didn't even, he didn't even make the contact. No. To say but he was right, he was next to the phone. He was, he was there waiting, you know, in case. He was hungover. <laughs> he was hungover. <laughs> the sincerest apology, of course, of all, is the one you get someone else to do for you. We know that. <laughs> So she passed the phone over? She, she passed the phone over and then he, he spoke and, you know, was very regretful, of right. course. Right, but didn't say sorry? Um, I, can't, I can't remember the exact words. Like a politician, can't remember. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, you're, a, you're a lawyer. I, I am. Do you feel like the non-apology apology was to <laughs> make sure that they never actually admitted fault at any point? Oh. Uh, He's probably hard to ignore. Possibly. Who we, need to, we need to put out here that Tim Smith was at the time Shadow Attorney General of Victoria. <laughs> and he also, he also has no legal qualifications. <laughs> so Simone is actually more qualified to be Shadow Attorney, Shadow <laughs> Attorney General than Tim Smith. <laughs> Amazing. So how long after uh, he crashed in the house you put the board up on, on, the, uh, on the fence? Uh, well, the board was put up straight away by uh, our insurers. And then, uh, yeah, a couple of months later, we saw this um, Chappaquiddick sign. Right. So uh, this is Tony Martin's tweet here um, saying someone's got a sense of humour. So Chappaquiddick, for a bit of know, is a town in, uh, in Martha's Vineyard and uh, a very prominent US politician drunk drove and murdered someone and never really suffered the consequences. It was a bit of big cover-up at the time. I, it, this, I love this um, graffiti here because it's spelt Chappaquiddick wrong. It's missing a D, but they've underlined the word dick underneath. <laughs> so we know exactly what was going on there. Um, so tell us, like, uh, how is, has this fence caused you much kind of anxiety, having this l- landmark on your house now? Uh, I've been amazed at how many people want a selfie with it. Um, and, uh... <laughs> Not with you, with the fence. <laughs> Do you get out of the way? I want this inanimate object in this beautiful photo. <laughs> 
Very odd. They actually just also they just take a photo of the fence. And I think you can you can look online, just get it. <laughs> you just have to get there. So it's obviously all fixed now. And you, when did you get the fence fixed? Just this week. Right. It's finally been fixed. And probably you know Tim, you know paid the paid the bill. You know fixed you up for the money for that. No. No. There's no. <laughs> seems to me that's not sent, spent a cent. On. So, why are you here tonight? Like, what what are you doing? Well, we just thought um, a. Uh, a, a good end to this, a jovial sort of end to this. This was a stressful 17 months that we could um, uh, create something good out of it. I mean, we already did and got him sacked, so that was great. But the second thing <laughs> is that maybe we can uh, get a, a, some money for charity, so we're going to auction off the fence. Fantastic. Aww. Here at Irrational Fear, we had it mounted and framed. And it is ready to auction. Look at it. Thank you, Lewis. Look at that beautiful fence. Oh, my God. Now, what do you think of it? What do you think of this? I, I think it looks great. I'm, I'm bidding. <laughs> well, in order to help the auction, we have actually created an ad with the voiceover courtesy of the one and only Tony Martin. Here is the ad we're going to use to kind of get this auction going. The Irrational Fair Mint presents a unique opportunity to own a piece of Australian political idiocy. You can now own Tim Smith's fence cover-up because he refuses to. I'm going to need some time uh, to reflect. I'm reflecting on my position. I'm reflecting on my position. Made from 100% Bunnings particle board, collect a piece of the sheet that covered up a hole in the fence created by a drink-driving Tim Smith. Maybe the worst Victorian Liberal ever, if it wasn't for the whole Nazi thing. In terms of fence cover-ups, it's one of the dumbest ever presented for sale to the Australian public. Like its namesake, the particle board is of low value. Hang it on your wall as a warning about the dangers of mixing privilege and alcohol. Sit it in your dining room where your guests can be as intoxicated as someone who had a skinful and drove through a fence on their way home. Or simply put it out in the scrap heap of history where it belongs. Proceeds from the sale of Tim Smith's fence cover-up will go to the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. Remember, if you drink and drive through a fence, you're a bloody idiot. Fantastic. So good. Everyone, get your phones out now. Scan this QR code. We'll take a second here. Maybe we've got some scanning music, Andy. If we uh, gonna... I was thinking something to uh, get us more closely emotionally related to the fence. We'll meet again. <laughs> Don't know where. Take us away, Andy. Don't know oh, where. Am I running an auction now? Uh, no, aren't you singing? <laughs> oh, but, but, but I know we'll we meet again some sunny day. day. Don't we all know this standard? You're a of... very odd man, Andrew. <laughs> I can't believe we don't all know this pre-war so, standard. So, so please uh, take a shot of that uh, and tweet it, put it on Facebook, share it with your friends. We need to get this auction going online. It's only been up for a day. It's going to be up for 10 days and it's already had $100 put on it. I only put Woo! it up last night. I think I started it at 30 bucks, and someone's already bid 100 bucks. So that is amazing. So please get the information out there. So please also give it up for Mike and Simone. <laughs> And to take us out, Lewis Hobart, ladies and gentlemen.
smooth, 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 smooth start. <sighs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, everybody. As usual at the end of the show, it falls upon me to take on the issue everyone's been too scared to touch. Because on Friday, the world witnessed one of the most explosive moments in the history of US justice. Oh, no, not that one. Not Trump. No, this. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow and the curious case of the skiing incident. How many people here followed the Gwyneth Paltrow trial? Yes. A couple of fellow fans. It was so tense. Would she be found Gwynnescent or would she be found guilty? <laughs> For those who don't know the case, I'll try to catch you up on it as quickly as possible. Here on a Utah ski slope, we see... Terry Sanderson, a 74-year-old retired optometrist. Here, we see Gwyneth Paltrow, Academy Award-winning snake oil merchant. <laughs> Here on the side, we see the Paltrow children, Apple, Moses, and another one with a fucking insane name. Now, Terry Sanderson here, Your Honour, has accused Ms Paltrow of running into the back of him. Gwyneth Paltrow is counterclaiming that Terry Sanderson, seen here, in fact, crashed into the back of her. <laughs> Welcome to Law and Order VIP. I loved this trial, I loved it so much. It was Gwyneth's most enjoyable low stakes drama since Shakespeare in Love. The whole case was just rich people bullshit. It was like watching a polo player sue his own horse. <laughs> Terry Sanderson was originally suing Gwyneth Paltrow for $3 million for broken ribs, brain injury and damages. What kind of damages did Terry Sanderson suffer? I'm glad you asked. He was no longer able to enjoy wine tastings. <laughs> Now, Gwyneth Paltrow was countersuing him for a symbolic $1. Now, what was her suffering that made she Is had to do the countersuit? I feel it's unfair that Mr. Sanderson has brought this case against you. I do. And he has deterred you from enjoying the rest of what was a very expensive vacation. Well, I lost half a day of skiing. Uh -huh. It's sad stuff. I actually think Gwyneth is much tougher than she's pretending to be here. I do kind of think you can handle anything if you've been on several seasons of Glee. <laughs> but Sanderson's lawyers actually used this $1 symbolic claim to try to trap Gwyneth in a lie. They wanted her to admit that she stole the idea from alleged friend Taylor Swift, which Gwyneth Paltrow denies. Roll tape. Are you good Hi. friends with Taylor Swift? No. Overruled? You're not good friends with Taylor Swift. I would not say we're good friends. We are friendly. I take my kids, I've taken my kids to one of her concerts before, but we don't.
talk very often. Now, in a deeply unrelatable court case, <laughs> this was a moment I could actually understand. Because as a Triple J employee, I too have had to downplay my relationship with Taylor Swift. <laughs> On Friday, the court found in favour of Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwynnesent. And she got her one dollar. Justice was served. Or was it? Because I think maybe Johnny Law missed a trick here. Because, sure, Gwyneth isn't guilty of hitting an idiot on a mountain. But that doesn't mean she's innocent of all crimes. Because I think she should be locked away for goop. <laughs> Their victims are well moisturised. <laughs> are you familiar with goop? Everyone here familiar with goop? For anyone who isn't, Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's wellness website where she sells overpriced snake oil to the kind of idiots who go to court over a skiing accident. <laughs> now, here are some of the things that Gwyneth Paltrow sells on Goop. Now, before I show you the first one, let me ask you. Who here has ever bought themselves a baguette and then thought to themselves, damn, this paper bag around this baguette, it's simply too crinkly. <laughs> if only there was something that I could put my baguette in that was a little softer, a little silkier, a little smoother. Well, guess what? You're in luck because Goop has a satin baguette holder. <laughs> now, if you think <laughs> she shouldn't be in prison for that yet, Wait till you find out how much it costs. $377. That's real. What about this? This beautiful combination sitting and sexing device. Now, admittedly, it is a stunning piece. Beautiful for every home, but it will set you back $44,800. That's an expensive fuck stool, ladies and gentlemen. You can pick up a cheap one for Ikea. It does the job just as well. She also sold a candle that smells like her vagina. We all remember this, I hope. It wasn't just me typing in vagina candles. Who's released one? Now... Here's what I think was a big shame out of this court case. How on earth, how on earth did Terry Sanderson's lawyers have Gwyneth Paltrow under oath and not ask her who had to smell her vagina to make that candle? <laughs> but Goop also does make some actual criminal health claims. Uh, they claim that these body stickers used the same conductive carbon material that NASA uses. Now, I'm sure NASA's sticker department <laughs> is very busy trying to whip up this technology, but a chief NASA scientist saw this and called it utter bullshit. Goops, of course, uh, they're famous jade eggs. This was taken today. They're actually on sale. So anyone who wants to get a jade egg, today's the day. Uh, if you don't know what the famous jade eggs are, they are eggs made of jade that you put up your vagina. They were so dangerous 
that they ended up having to pay people out $145,000. Sorry, I thought that would get a laugh, but just had people going, oh. That was uh, everyone with a jade egg inside at the moment. Uh, if of course, we... those people can buy three of the sex stools. Now. <laughs> now, these sorts of court cases are more than just a little oopsie. They're a big goopsie. I knew that wouldn't, but I knew it wasn't going to work, but I don't care. That one was for Lewis. Uh, try it again and I'll laugh at it. Okay. It's more than just a little oopsie. It's actually a big goopsie. <laughs> No, I liked it the first time. (laughs) (laughs) But when I saw this lamp on Goop that claims to optimise your circadian rhythms for the low, low price of $1,300, I thought, of course, about Australia's Gwyneth Paltrow, Pete Evans. (laughs) Remember when he tried to sell a lamp that cured COVID for $15,000? Now, think about this. If Pete Evans was being sued for hurting someone in a freak rollerblading accident, I don't know, would we be cheering if he walked free? I mean, you'd be cheering if he rollerbladed free, but that's just for the visual magnificence of the moment. But no, of course not. You'd see it as an opportunity missed to lock up a villain. Letting Gwyneth Paltrow walk free was a mistake. And I believe we'll look back on this moment as the justice system's sliding doors moment. (laughs) Much like the hit film, Sliding Doors, starring who? Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) We'll all live to regret the day we didn't put her behind sliding bars. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lewis. This is And that is it for Irrational Fear. Big thank you to all of our incredible guests today. Andy McClellan, Lewis Hover, Grace Tame. That's what I reckon. Mike and Mel, who are new. Where did you guys come from? Sammy Shah, Gabby Bolt. Please go see these folks at the Comedy Festival. Also, please share uh, the link to the auction. Uh, Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Bye. 